A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Our Shelves, a podcast where writers from the legendary feminist publishing house Virago talk about their cultural worlds. We'll be diving into these writers' bookshelves, record collections, and recollections to discover what inspires them. I'm Lucy Scholes, and my guest today is Malati Uche Okori. Malati was born in Nigeria and moved to Ireland in 2006, where she spent the first eight and a half years living in the direct provision system. It was during this time that she began to write. Since then, her work has been published in several anthologies, and her first collection of stories, This Hostile Life, was published by Virago in 2019. She's currently working on a PhD at Trinity College Dublin, focused on creative writing centres as nurturing grounds for creativity. Welcome to our shelves, Malati. It's really wonderful to have you here today. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Uh, So I want to talk a little bit about this hostile life just to begin with. And the first two stories in that collection show us a slice of Irish life that's not often written about um, that of those people who are living in the direct provision system like you were. Um, And I found a wonderful video where Sebastian Barry called you the laureate of the direct provision system, which is... (laughs) Which is a wonderful way of putting it, I think. Um, But I think just in case any of our listeners aren't familiar with what this is, could you briefly explain it? Um, And then could you tell me a little bit about what it was about your own experience of the system that made you want to write about it? I'm wondering if it was a case of just the sort of timing being right and the stars aligning, or was there something very particular about your experiences and the experience of the other people that you encountered um, that made you want to kind of bring these stories to a wider audience? Well, I think um, for this was the life. Um, yes, you're right. It was written when I was in direct provision. Some, some of the stories, this stories and some other stories were written at the time when I was there. And for me to write was just, it was just something I, I started doing. It was an intention. There was no conscious thing, you know, in terms of writing. I, 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 I think to answer your question, I think it was just the characters that I was coming in contact <laughs> you know such huge characters and you want to somehow transport them into a book because you you can't tell them you can't tell about them you, you that's just a way that you you um to share stories about the people that you meet or the events and the, the sometimes it's just a, a, a you know probably part of a dialogue or a conversation that prompts me to write it down and the way it's spoken that you want to just pin down on paper so for um Writing in a direct provision, as you ask, is um, is a is a as a place where when you come into Ireland to seek asylum, there's a place where you're kept until your um the whole process or your you know your 
um, how do I phrase it now, your application has been processed fully. So that's what direct provision is all about. And it was while I was there that I started writing these things. And I and I didn't know at first what to do with just these ideas or these stories that were running around in my head until I spoke to a friend of mine about it. And I just have this story. She said, write it down. And I thought, geez, that should have been the most, you know, like obvious thing to do. And then I started <laughs> writing and um, and then it's just happened from there, really. So, And you hadn't written anything before? Had you been writing other I, stories? I didn't actually study uh, English literature, but I was more of a reader than a writer. Okay. I never thought that I would become a writer. You know, it was just not something I thought of doing or becoming, you know. So this this is all new to me. Uh, I've always enjoyed reading, but I've never mm. seen myself as the other, you know, the other side of it as in terms of writing. And um, yeah, so it's, it's all some, something new or something that just uh, an accidental things that happened and you say that um it was the sort of the larger than life characters that you met while you were there the people mm. you wanted to put down snatches of conversation mm. or or you know um yeah the character profile of somebody and your writing since that period of your life is it does it still grow out of something similar do you see people and you think oh I really want to write about that person or do you hear a snatch of a conversation and want to yeah. do something with it or how is your writing has it changed over the last few years or not I don't I don't think it has changed really because I'm still that kind of person I'm still I still observe like I observe a lot and um so those those are the things that uh, you know feed into my writing you know and uh, sometimes and I I think every writer is like that in some sense it could just be you know um you know a dialogue or so you're watching people and something happens an event you know and you think and it's, it's always the smallest thing the tiniest thing that you know that interests you and then you build all this whole world and words around it you know so I think it's, it hasn't changed and um, yeah and I think probably if that changes I think that's that's giving up writing really because writing is our lot of born out of stories and things and events happening around you and conversations mm-hmm. happening around you as well and do you think that the short story form does that um, align itself particularly with that type of inspiration? These little bits and pieces of life that can sort of you can build a world around them into a short story. Does it work the same way with novels? Do you think, or is there something a, different? I think with a you know a short story for me, it's more it's it's almost like something I just wear easily. Um, it's like a cloth, a comfortable you know outfit that you just you just slip into easily, and um, I find that it captures things. So. Um, it captures things quicker. Uh, you can you can just do a lot. But then I enjoy reading novels. You know, when mm. I pick up a novel, is you know, it's, it's almost like this. I, I love novels. I love reading. You know, so it's it's. But for me, as a writer, I find reading writing short stories, you know, um, a, 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 an easier form. Let me put it that way. Like I can, I I can finish up something, a story, short story in in say, ten pages, and then I move on to something else. And probably that's probably that's part of my character my personality now and I should try writing novels and, and, and see myself you know grow out of it you know so maybe it's the patience in me that's coming out in short stories the, that impatience of um maybe personality that I have you know that um, I like that idea the impatience you just want to kind of get something down get and move on. yeah exactly and move on <laughs> so that, that probably is just you know what comes out in that form never thought of it like that but that could be it well, let's talk a little bit about your reading. You said you've always been a big reader. Um, and obviously, uh, I think the first question I'm going to ask you is what books are currently on your bedside table right now? 
Okay. Um, the books that are there, uh, I'm, I'm reading three books all at once and that's, yeah. that, that's not good. Um, so I have um, uh, Why the Moon Travels and that's by Owen Badun. And mm. um, it's, it's just it's a, a book of, um, is of travels or traveler stories, you know, of people, you know, the culture and um, told by told by his father, his mother, and all of that about things that um, that travelers hold dear. But it's just the way he he told them with such beauty and such grace and so you know, like there's just this love, you know. That's all. Let me just use the word. That's all that is reflected in it, and it's just it's so nicely written. You when once you start reading it, is is it's lovely, you know. It's it's nice. And um, this I just started. I'm just into like a page, and this is. I just got this recently, just last week, really, A Ghost in the Throat. And that's by Doriano Grofa. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the, the name right. And um, I'm just reading it now and is 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 what written. And uh, I'm trying to get into it to understand the story in the beginning where I am. She's describing herself as a mother. And there's just these things that I can, you know, draw similarities from you know her descriptions of herself as a mother and her chores and life and right. you know um having to move she's moved you know it, to different places in how many space of years and so I, I i actually do um i can actually you know i i, I sympathize and i and i i do mm-hmm. understand where she's coming from in that sense so i'm i'm enjoying reading that but can i just say that the reasons why i like these two books i'm reading is just that you know because of the pandemic there's just this assumption that art is you know people there's just um there's more art being created and all of that but I that you know when i read short stories that have been you know, written around the, this pandemic and all of that. And I find uh, stories that are based around, that I know have just been written. I find that sometimes it's coming from um, almost like a gossipy perspective. And that's just right. why I love these books. From what I get from them, I think they, they must have been written before, long before the pandemic, but were, you know, probably published now. So they don't yeah. have that sense of like, um, everyone is just trying to write something around the pandemic thing. And, you know, it's just like, this is, this is well-developed, well-thought-through, you know. So I'm enjoying reading them as opposed to reading something that I feel I'm getting a sense that it's rushed and that it's yeah. just that sense of someone is looking into their neighbor's house and drawing conclusions from what the neighbor is doing, you know. So that's what I get from the pandemic readings that I've done so far. So this is for me this is beautiful do you think also are you enjoying reading things that have nothing to do with it because it's all just a bit in your face as well do you think you you turn to books that take you away from the current moment absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. um yeah that's a sense it's everywhere uh, and not just the sense that it's just the pandemic it's, just, it's all about how people you know you get a sense that everyone is talking about how somebody else is dealing with the pandemic and i don't think that you know it's it's like i don't really want to know about how so it, i can have that in a conversation but not you know uh, because what you get is that you're getting somebody's opinion about someone else and i, I you know and there's just something in me that is not open to that you know I just want to read something else like it's fine everyone has to deal with things their own way I don't need to you know hear one's you know A's opinion about how B is dealing with it and you know their judgment on B and all that comes with it so Mm. well there's something about sort of people jumping on the 
um, I don't know, I don't want to really call it the pandemic bandwagon, but that idea that you have to automatically process what you're thinking at that moment. And sometimes it's quite good to let things sit, sit for a while yeah. and see what comes out of it, maybe in a few years time or in a few, you know, even in a few decades time, what, what is the, the kind of takeaway rather than having the pandemic novel having to be written this year. So I, I completely agree with you. I, I, and that's how things have always been, you know, like it, it takes time and then, you, you know, you hear someone's opinion. It's not just immediate as well. So, um, yeah. But I mean, so, I mean, the second question I was going to ask you is, um, can you tell me about a recent article or podcast that's made you think? Um, and I suppose on, on just before we get to that, they're thinking, are you tempering your your amount of kind of current content are you being careful about not sort of reading too much news or reading just enough or keeping up with current podcasts and articles while also doing the things that take you away from that or is it a balancing act always at first I was reading everything and then I realized this is a mistake and I went off a lot of my social media you know I went on social media for a while which is only Facebook I'm not in the rest of it and now and then I you know I, I got into reading newspapers articles and now I've realized this is a mistake now it's getting to you know so it's almost becoming like social media as well so I'm, I'm i'm kind of like reducing the 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 opinion polls and all of that so it's it's, it's constant you're really having to look and access yourself and check you know how am i being affected by all of these things i'm hearing because it's is um you, you get the sense that it's just one one voice and just you know one narrative and everything and it's just it's, it's just not um yeah it's not uh, well it's not getting me anywhere let me just put it like that so it's 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 fine to step back a little bit so I find myself dropping you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm stepping back a little bit as um, yes. time goes on the more increases the more yeah, step. Yeah. but so what is the uh, recent article or podcast that has made you think actually it's one of yours um, <laughs> this is not a setup i promise <laughs> no, no, no. it was very interesting that was deborah um francis white yes um, yeah it was just it was brilliant right from get-go you know she she had so many but then i, I think a lot of the things that she said or everything she said was just you know spot on mm. and i think um but i'm just going to talk about there was something she drew my attention to that i've right. always thought but i've never heard it articulated as beautifully as she did and that was um the fact that um who is telling the story where is the the narrative coming from and and this was at the beginning of the podcast that you you know your conversation with her and she mm. said if i if uh, if i if I point at a black man and I say he stole my purse or something, everyone is going to believe me. But if he points at me and says, you know, I stole his wallet, and then the the the, the police is not going to believe me, you know. So it's it's all about you know it's about belief. You know, who do you believe? Who who comes across? Is you know it's just that thing in society where you are, you're aware of as a person, or you know, for myself as a as a as a person of color, as a migrant, as someone who has been in in um um direct provision, you're kind of aware of all those things. But then when someone else comes from the outside and um, puts those things into words and you're thinking, oh, you know, I've always thought this thing, you know, and then, oh, you mean other people are aware of these things, you know? So that was, I, I thought that was great. And the way she said it, because it's, um, it's something you encounter, you know, or you, you come to 
who do people believe, you know, why do they believe these things? Why do they, you know, think this way and that way? Well, it's just about who is making the reports, whose narrative is heard. I loved that, that podcast. I loved listening to it and I, and I enjoyed all the things that she touched on, you know. And, um, yeah. Oh, well, I'm very glad you enjoyed it, obviously. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> particularly, but what you're saying about um, that, it, that issue of whose narrative is it, where is the story coming from, um, it also makes me think a little bit about the second story in This Hostile Life under the awning, because you've got a creative writing student in that story who's being told or having to take on um, not only what the other students in the creative writing class are saying, but also she's shifting between perspectives, isn't she? Second person, um, first person. And so it all comes down to sort of authenticity and whether her story is believable because some of the other students in the class think that it's too depressing and it's not. And But for her, it's a day-to-day reality, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think that, that story kind of what underpins that. And there's something that you, you touched on there that about... Um, you know, um, which I think Deborah mentioned in her in her podcast with you about you know when um, um, someone a person of color tells you about racism, you know to, how does it make? It? She she told a story about you know uh, uh, someone talking about racism and then the other. I, I think it's she was referring to a book. You know why I don't right. talk to uh, white people about yes. racism? Yeah. So and she 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 mentioned that story and I think that that's just just what that story under the awning talks about is about how do you depict your everyday life so that somebody else is it's almost like you have um you know you have um you're trying to tell someone about an issue uh, you know and then the other party makes you feel guilty for trying to speak about it and that's in it and in itself that's another form of abuse as well because it's not just that you know this is happening to me you're you're making me feel terrible for even speaking about it you're you know, uh, and and she's alone in a class in that sense. Like every other person is is of this, you know, a uh, 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 different from her in a sense. And she's trying to tell, bring this thing out to them. Of course, it was have been difficult for her to bring out the issue to to you know to play it out or speak about it in the first place. And then you're getting these reactions from the people reading it in terms of you're too, there's no, you know, haven't anything nice happened to you, you know, couldn't you have said something nicer, you know, couldn't you have put it that way? And then you get the sense that um, where do you, um, you know, and then you feel for the girl because she, she's 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 nodding her head to all these criticisms and then no one is actually addressing the mission. So I accept one of the, you know, one of the, you know, the, the classmates and then he doesn't respond to her afterwards. So, yes, um, <laughs> but, but that's just it's it's it's, uh, it's it's a reflection of what, you know, happens in terms of discussing racism and all of that. And it gets to a point where you don't even want to have conversations around it anymore because you know that it's all about it's just going around the circle and nothing is penetrating, you know, because mm. everyone feels sensitive about it. And um, yeah. Yes, I think it's just, I think what comes across in your story so much is that sense of, you know, she makes herself vulnerable, she puts herself out there by, you know, trying to put down in the story what her day-to-day experiences are, which are not pleasant. They are, you know, she's she's, um, uh, the subject of a lot of racism. Um, And then all these people sort of undermine her as if her story doesn't count. Uh, And yes, it's, it's so very similar to what Deborah was talking about that idea that the way that one person tells something, there is a sort of automatic authenticity based on the color of their skin. And then mm-hmm. when someone else says something, that that just is absent. And you have to, yeah. we need to shift the way that we're thinking about, you know, the sort of, yeah, what we 
all the other things we bring to the conversation, right? Or all the other things we bring to other people's conversations. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to talk about racism now, I have to, or if if a conversation about racism is, is going on, it's almost like it's easier for someone with uh, a, a white skin color to explain it as opposed to, because if I start talking about it, it becomes like I'm whinging, I'm complaining a lot, you know, you know, all of these things. So it's it's all about who do you want to listen to? Who does it, you know, who is it that when they talk, it's it's better absorbed, you know? So sometimes it's not even about the conversation we're having. It's about who do you want to have those, you know, who do you want to say something, you, you know, who are you comfortable listening to? Uh, it's mm-hmm. gotten to that point, you know, where, and then I think that that conversation is never had honestly. You know, there's always this, you know, but, um, what I say, um, honest about their, their thinking of their thoughts and, and uh, you know she raised those issues in her podcast and I, and I I think she raised it so beautifully and so you know so I was quite impressed with how deeply you know she spoke about things so yeah I, I, I enjoyed that um, okay know. well that's that's lovely to hear and I'm glad that it um glad that it resonated in that in that way with Indeed. you as well so Indeed. brilliant um moving on to our next question which back sort of in the realm of um entertainment i suppose i'm asking about films songs or tv series that you've loved lately and i'm wondering a little bit if your how much of your sort of reading life is similar to the way that you ingest other culture do you look for the same sort of things in 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 tv and film as you do in your books is that whether that's entertainment or being transported to somewhere different or tell me a little bit about your viewing habits and then uh, um, some series in particular and films? I, I think now I'm falling in love with films that are in translation, that transport me to other cultures as well. Okay, let me just start with the films that have moved me recently. There's a, a film, Capernaum. I don't know if you've seen it. It's Separation and then Rock, which I don't know if that has been released recently. And then you get a sense that I, I think what I adore about, or what I adored about these films were just the thing that they, they just took simple storylines that probably he, he would not get your attention if someone, you know, puts it on paper. If there are, there's a conversation about it going on around you, probably might not capture attention. But then the writers or the filmmakers took this Kind of very simple storyline and played it out so beautifully. And then you're looking at characters that you don't, you're getting a sense I'm not, you know, usually I'm used to siding with a character from the get-go like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, there's something about the film that makes you sympathise. You already know this is a protagonist. So I'm going to sympathise with the protagonist from the beginning to the end of the film, you know, and just watch them go. But this, this, this films in a way make you question everything. You see the, 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 um, the flaws in their characters and everything and then it's just play that and you're going with all the characters you're going yeah, th- that makes sense this makes sense so you're wavering all the time and I think it challenges me as a person you know watching these movies and, I, and I'm, at the end of them you know like even if I have to you know they make me cry they're just simply written they're just beautifully crafted you know there's nothing heavy about them there's nothing you know it's just I I, don't, I I probably am not. You just have to watch them to 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 understand what I'm trying to <laughs> say here. But um, yeah, it's just um, and and then they're all in translation. So I'm, I'm looking at all the cultures. I'm learning something from them, and then you know I'm I'm moved along with them. You know, so it's 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 it's, it's been enlightening. Yeah. Is there something about um, 
it seems to me that you're saying that you like the uh, the sort of authenticity or the reality of what you're seeing on the screen, that it feels very real. It doesn't feel like a, a sort of Hollywood setup. It doesn't feel like something has been forced by the by the author. What you've got is actually a sort of slice of life in front of you. You've just said it all. You know, it's just the realness <laughs> of it. It's just the characters, the actions, the words they say, the things they do. So it's just simple and you're following them. There's just nothing huge, nothing, you know, there's nothing being, you're not set up to feel a certain way. It's just you and you're, you know, you're wavering in, in and out of these emotions. And, you know, so it's just, I, I don't know. Capernaum for me is just the best like it blew me away and mm-hmm. um, just to give it a separation to give you an idea of what I mean about the plot in in a separation is just this couple that the woman wanted to leave um Iran and then the husband you know didn't want her to leave and then it's just these things that happened in between you know uh, it's, it's a Lucy, you just need to watch them to understand. What, and I hope you fall in love with them, with the you know the way I'm, you know the way I'm going on about them. I hope you fall in love with these films uh, the same way that I do, or that I, you know, but they're, they're just wonderful. And uh, I think that people should be paying more attention to films like that. And we, sh- we should have more and more of them on television, as opposed to you know the big yes. box movies. Yes, I'm also wondering whether because uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but from what you're saying about what you really like about them, it reminds me a little bit of what you were talking about in terms of inspiration for your own writing, the short stories, these sort of little nuggets of real life that then you sort of expand on and you get a glimpse of a world and the sort of realities of it and everything. I don't know as as looking from the outside in as someone who's read your stories, I think there's something going on there. I don't know if you've ever have you ever made that connection yourself in terms of what you like to write about, but also what you like to maybe be entertained by. It's possible, though. It's possible because I I've noticed that um, you know uh, because I just like the simple things, and I think that life is full of the simple things that can just you know, and it's, and it's usually the things that are ignored or that mm-hmm. are not that can make you know can make or break. And I think that as human beings, the decisions that we make in life are not the, the 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 huge decisions or the things that change our lives forever. They don't come with big drums and you know all of that. You know, or yes. else wouldn't have done them. So you know, so these are the things that matter. And and, and when someone takes those little things and and makes something out of them, you're blown away because it's it's you think oh, this is this is just so like real life. You know, this is the kind of mistake or the kind of things that someone decision that's on and I think that's what you know it I, I think those are the things that inspire my writing I wish oh when I, I watch films I'm like I, I wish I can write something like that I mean I've heard many people say this is not a kind of new thought but often that it's short stories that make the best films like rather than trying to adapt an entire novel which can be very unwieldy and long sometimes you can make the most beautiful films out of you know short stories those 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 succinct um nuggets of, of of a narrative i obviously can't think of one off the top of my head now that's worked mm. like that but i want i think there is maybe a natural affinity between the two forms as well so it is possible you know but it's it's, it's it's interesting you know that that thinking about things in that way in that direction in terms of um it's, it's just opened my eyes and you know and i'm glad for it to how you know um stories can be told with just a you know the yeah. barest minimum of things or, or plot, you know. Yes, know. yes, exactly. Well, I hope you get the chance to write some scripts yourself someday. I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> Our shells will be back in just a moment. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Our Shelves. I'm Lisi Scholes and I'm talking to Malati Uche-Okore about uh, filmmaking and short stories and the... Uh, uh, possible connections between the two forms. Um, next on our list of questions, Malatu, we've asked you to pick a photograph that you treasure. Um, but I think your first response to this question was that you're not really that into photographs, are you? <laughs> no, this I is fine. This is very interesting. So, could you tell me a little bit about that? Is that not that you're you're not very into taking them, or you don't like displaying them, or what's the story I, I here? I don't like taking them. I don't like displaying them. It's just not something that I, you know, I've never been into. I, I remember as a child, like every photograph I'm into, I'm crying, you know, because it's <laughs> something I just just taking pictures, you know, and it hasn't changed. So I am. Um, uh, so you're not on Instagram or anything like that? Where no, not at all. I, I wouldn't even be able to keep up with that, you know. So <laughs> and I, 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 I don't have the patience to scroll through. Sometimes you do, you look through people's pictures, but it's not something I can constantly do, you know. Um, yeah, it's just not, um, yeah, something I, I took to. And I don't know if people like it's a pro, if some, something there, you know, but I just don't... Um, um, take her um, I'm not into taking pictures or even you know collectible but I'm glad when when I see pictures that you know old pictures I'm, I'm glad that that there's something to you know that reminds me of, a, of an occasion or something so right. I'm always excited to, so, so it's important to take pictures but for some reason it's just not um, something I've ever taken to myself yeah but um, well I was wonder slightly because I mean I i I am guilty. I do use Instagram, but I was thinking the amount of times I'll, I'll photograph sort of things to put on Instagram. But then I have so few photographs around my home because I think people today take them on their phones. It's quite you have to go through quite a rigmarole to then get them printed out and put up on a wall, which would be quite different to, you know, I don't know, a few years ago when people would always get their photos printed out, obviously. So I do think things have changed slightly. But do you have any photos on display or that are particularly um, poignant to you then? If I do take pictures, I would, you know, it's always with the sense, with the intention that someday I'm just going to get them printed out, and when I have right. time, I get them printed. I still like that old-fashioned way of having pictures printed out. Um, one of the pictures that I, I like that I got recently, and this was from my sister, was a picture of my mom. You know, this was years ago, probably in the seventies, that she took them. And as I'm looking at the picture, I'm looking at it now. It's on my shelf, 
she was quite young then. There's no huge story around it, but it, it just it, it's just that kind of remembrance her her who she was at the time. She would have had like four kids, you know. So and you know, I'm just looking and thinking, my God, you know, and, and she looked so she still looked so young. There's nothing I uh, there's no huge story around it, but it's just how um, you know I, I look at that picture and it takes me back to to the time and to other pictures that were taken around it. I remember myself right. in one of you know and the occasion you know of the picture and that's just what's sort of and then the second picture that I would like is a picture of myself and one of my best friends in school you know that picture when I I I treasure it I'm going to say because I remember we haven't seen each other this was before mobile phones and all of that we had not seen each other for a long time and I think that when Facebook came out it because of her actually went on Facebook because I was trying to track her, oh, to wow. treat her, you know. And then eventually when I got her, when we got connected on Facebook and we spoke to each other, she said to me, she was so excited. She said, I joined Facebook because of you, because I wanted to find you. And I said, oh, I did the same too, because I wanted to find you, you know. So it's just that beautiful, so I, you know, I, I, I have a picture, you know, somewhere. And it reminds me of us, of our friendship. And that's something beautiful about that. That's a lovely story. We're back to the world of words with um, the next question I'm going to ask is what are the books? What is the book or the books? Because I think you've got more than one to tell me about that you would always recommend to friends. Okay. I have to say that it has to be The Milkman and the Bones. And I think that people don't talk enough about this book. I actually think that this book should be a travel guide. If you're coming to Ireland, you should be handed this book. I, yeah, that's how strongly I feel about it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Have you ever read? Have you read it? I. This is a terrible confession. I started <laughs> reading it and then I had to put it down for some work thing, and then I didn't pick it up again. But I know I must do because I was very much enjoying it. It's it's beautifully written. That it's not just about the language or the thing. It's the, it's the topic as well. You know, it's a story about. Um, of course, it was written in the trouble times uh, in terms of um, you know Northern Ireland and all of that. But I think it's a story that it resonated with me because I you know I was going through certain things that I couldn't understand, that I couldn't pinpoint and say, this is, you know, what is or what is it's not. And then when I read this book, it was almost like someone was giving me, was opening my eyes to what was going on in terms, and this happened like years ago before I even got to Ireland, you know, but I could, mm-hmm. you know, it resonated with me quite a lot. And it's a story about so a, a, a girl that is being, um, almost like harassed and intimidated by this man in his 40s. And then the rumors that started out of it that she was going out with a married man, you know. And it, I, I think the great thing about the book is that it, it just, it's about how community deals with issues, how people speak about issues. You know, in a sense, no one actually spoke to her or asked her in the right way about what was going on. So she found herself, not only was she being intimidated by this older man, this, you know, mm-hmm. that was... It, probably carried a lot of weight in the community not in the right way but he was very intimidating and all of that but you know she found that no one was supporting her her own families even her mother you know was not questioning her in the right way and then she found her voice going going until she could not it's almost like she was she was not in the sense not that she was she was mute like she couldn't talk about it anymore you know she lost weight and all of that but you know it's a sense of not only is it about abuse but it's about injustice it's about how community deal with things it's about being a woman it's about just just so much so many levels to the book it's just how communities how they take how they draw 
um, would I say, how they draw um, conclusions about things without, and no one even, even investigates anything. No one asks the question, you know. It's just, just no conclusion, you know. And yet people are building these cases against her, you know. There's just these rumors going on and on and on and on and on and every little thing. And it's just how much the man penetrated her life, almost like she, everywhere she goes, he would appear. You know, mm. everywhere she is, she would appear. Her conversations were being recorded. You know, just that sense of intimidation was just so horrible. And yet, you know, no one talks about, no one has tried to defend her. And I was just reading this book and I'm thinking, this, you know, there's this just so much going on to this, you know, in this book. And I'm just, it's just so sad that people are not discussing it the way that it should be, you know, with such in-depth, just what I say, this this should provide a lot of conversations, not only as women, even you know, like as the intimidation, the you know, the surveillance, the you know, and all for nothing. It was just an innocent girl caught in a, you know, caught in somebody else's you know rumors, her brother-in-law's rumors, and then it just all escalated from there. I think it's a wonderful book. I I, I love it, and I always recommend. It. It's an amazing book. I love it. You know, it's it's a, it's a treasure for me. That's such a passionate um, kind of response to it. I tell you what, I've heard a lot of people talking about how good this book is, but it, it, you have been the most passionate about oh, it that I've it ever. It more than the Booker Prize. It deserves something higher. Like she, she was being. I, I think probably because she's new in the field, because she's not a recognised writer, yeah. some people were underestimating her. But I, I, I think she, she, she packed a lot of punches with this book. There's just nothing to criticise to this book, and I can bet you that if I go through every book that has won the Booker Prize, you know, oh God, this is. Uh, I would still pick her as the like still she would still be above every other book that has won the Booker Prize. That's how passionate I am. About Is it. um I'm wondering how much uh, again based on sort of some of the discussion we've been having, how much of your love of this book do you think was down to the power of the voice? Because it sounds like you're particularly you're, one of the things that made you love it was the way that it was the voice that that sort of jumped out of the page and captured you immediately, right? And is that something you look for in in books that you like to read? Are you always looking for something that grabs you like that? It has to be a voice. For, yeah, I, I read everything, but then if, if it's going to be exceptional, it, you mm. know, there has to be that voice that relates. You know, I have to hear if you're telling me about a character that is a, you know, a, a Dublin man in his 50s, you know, I, I, I have to be able to relate the two, you know, in the voice right. of the character. I'm not saying that you can't write it any other way, but there's just something about, you know, picturing even the voice and the you know mannerism and everything just and just by the, the way the character speaks and all of that so the voice yeah. is very important for me and, and probably that's partly why I love the book apart from the topic that just added an extra layer to it for me mm-hmm. as well and I do love books like every book I would recommend to someone is always about the voice and you know the, the you know some of them are not necessarily but I think it's important when the character rises to form in terms of, um, you know, oh, sorry, a writer or an author writes to form in terms of your characters as well. So it's it's just that extra care, you know, that mm. extra icing to the cake. You know, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy, you know, I enjoy feeding off languages and all of that. It's almost, it's, it's like wearing, you know, when you're cold and you're cozied up and all, and you're reading all these words that come into you. Everybody can write beautifully, but at the same time, it's still, 
that extra mile of going into mm. thinking of the languages as well. And, uh, yeah. Well, I think Milkman crops up again in the answer to our next question, doesn't it? You've listed it amongst your other some other books. I'm, I'm going to ask you about a book or books that made you think about feminism in a new way. And you also put Milkman in this category, which shows how important it's been to you, I think. It's, it's a beautiful book. I don't think any other person has written about the troubles or anything the way that she has written it and from the mm. perspective that she has written it and all the things that she added, all the little, she gave you an insight, you know, like into a word, you know, in such a way that I don't think any other person has, you know, so mm. far from all I've read. So, you know, so it's, it's beautiful. Now, um, Sorry, you were going to ask. No, no, I was going to say, um, what, was there a particular, I mean, you talked obviously about the the, the depiction um, in Milkman of, of the, from the female, mm. the young woman's point of view, the fact she's mm. being uh, sort of trailed by this oh, mysterious yeah. Milkman, the fact that people are sort of, you know, not her own community isn't responding to her. But is that um, particularly about the way that it made you think about feminism? Is it because it's such a, such a clear-sighted portrait of what it means to be a woman in a world that is not... Um, sort of set up for you, basically. Yeah, I, I, it, 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 for one, it shows you what it means to be a woman in that world at that time. But at the mm. same time, it shows you what it means to be a woman now as well, because you know it can happen to anybody. It could possibly to happen to be happening to a girl or a woman around you. You know, they could be experiencing that kind of harassment and sense of yeah. intimidation. And then what happens is you're watching other women around them and other people around them, rather than you know coming together to sort of rescue they or women always take this judgmental position in terms of right. you know, she deserves it you know in a sense so i think that that's you know one of the things that that book talked about like there was just not that you, you know you would get that sense of why would an 18 year old but that's you know uh, an 18 year old and a 40 something for something year old man you know be having that but then women don't usually think in that form or in that sense but to answer your question about the book that has talked um that has um uh, spoken to me about feminism um hmm. recently um if i leave um um there's so many i picked so many of them and i'm just going to give you their reasons quickly of course yeah Elias, go for it the margaret outwood one Elias grace is a book that i've always loved you know it's just been um i i read it when i was in direct provision and it, it resonated with me in that sense you know i i just love that sense of that character of this God, that's you know, is this reason how she made her life? You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful country. I want to go into it, and then uh, Cecilia Ahern, raw. That's another beautiful book. It's just this short stories about women that is just so funny. You know, the titles as well, and you know, uh, you you see so many different forms, of, and you know, you recognize them. You know, in just reading them, how she discussed women, and then the you know, fires everywhere. Um, because I'm a mother of a of a girl, like what daughter, something beautiful. Like I read it and I cried because she kind of reminded me in a sense of myself and my daughter. So I had that sense of affliction with her. And, but then the book that would win the prize for me is of course Nuala O'Fallon's, um not this one. Are you somebody? This is the, I, I I don't know if you if you know of it. Her 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 memoir. You know, uh, I don't think I've read a book or a memoir that has hit me as much as it, like her brutality, her honesty, you know, it was just so, it's just something to admire. Uh, I, I think that she did uh, an amazing, an amazing job. I, you know, I, I look at, you know, I'm talking about the vulnerability that comes from writing. And then you see someone who lays herself bare like that, who opens herself up and you're thinking, my God, how did she do it? You know, how could she have done this? To-? It's almost like 
and she did an injustice to herself because she, as a woman, you know what that, you know, what that entails, what her to have spoken so, you know, let herself bear like that, to have put it out so, you know, funny like that. Not that she proposed, it's just that honesty that she used in writing. And I, and I admired her, you know, I placed her somewhere just for that book, you know, I, I lifted mm-hmm. her up so much because it's not, it's not easy to, you know, to, put yourself open to be honest about yourself in your writings to to write about your 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 weaknesses and your strengths and all of that and not you know not trying to sugarcoat it in any way not trying to you know make people and and I think that comes across in the things I like in films as well you know when people like like that and then you you kind of you understand because as human beings we all have our frailties and we have our you know and there's some things that i, I listened to a podcast where someone spoke about you know the, the about her you know and um, but um, for me she saw I, I never met her i've listened to her her, her interviews and I, for, I i admire her and i wish i'd met her in real life you know she's um she gets my admiration you know so if if yeah. any of our listeners haven't read that particular book can you tell them just briefly what it's what it sort of covers um it's um uh, of course it's new love falling and it's are you somebody and that's her she is a memoir about herself and she spoke about her you know relationships and um you know failures and uh, you know her, her search for love i think is is what is in the in the whole book for me and i think that that is something that women don't usually admit you know mm. to you know that that vulnerability and all of that and being in the wrong relationships and you know having to pick yourself up and you know go again and all of that and i think for me that's just you know her, her relationship with her, her family and I, you know she was just honest Mm. I, I don't know her, but it's, you know, like I wouldn't write about myself. I wouldn't have the guts to write about myself <laughs> like that. You know, I wish to, but then I don't think I'll have the guts to be able to do that. And for her to be able to do that, I, I placed her in a place where I don't think a lot of people, probably Anna Bonds, have put Anna Bonds there. So, mm. you know. Do you read a lot of memoir? Is it a genre that you like? Um she made me start reading memoirs. Actually, reading that made me like venture into other ones. But I've not read one that has gotten to me as much as yeah. Yeah, I don't read a lot. A lot of memoirs. I prefer mm. fiction because if I, I think that people are not that open about themselves as they seem to think that they are, you know. But then she 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 almost like she she countered all of those uh, you know she she broke those arguments that i or those things that i've always thought you know she she, mm. she blew it out of the park for me i don't think any other person has gotten there yet for me right um, you know so i'm always fascinated because i think in this question in particular when i ask um the guests who come on the podcast about whether you know what what book has made them think about feminism in a new way i think particularly today when we're bombarded with quite a lot of um sort of non-fiction titles that are either feminist tracks or they're about um you know feminism in a much more theoretical sense it's been really interesting that most people um and yourself included here often give me answers that are stories about real particular like very individual particular women that have sort of opened their eyes to not necessarily it's not that they come out of it thinking that their their feminism has changed and it's a particular type of feminism but it's just opened up their eyes to um sort of the different lives that women lead obviously and and i don't know that's opened my eyes anyway because i think i was expecting more um more theoretical books to be mentioned and actually no it's it's people's real lives that people are interested yeah, in people, you have to um I, I don't know if it's about um of course you know because it's the word feminism i'm going to you know kind of like i, I don't know 
if I, I, when I read it, I thought, oh, you know, this is. Um, but then, you know, we, if we look at the the, the 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 description of feminism, it fits into that. You know, that right. sense of empowerment as well, and being comfortable with who she is, and not caring. You know, to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I just you just have to admire it in 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 someone and just say this this is this is great probably because they're doing things that you probably do not or maybe you're doing it but in a, in a different form but you know that you friend think I probably might not be able to do this so you know in that sense you 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 have to give it to you know the person in terms of a book um, you see. Yeah. Okay. And the last question I have for you today is, um, could you tell me about a woman or women, if you want to choose more than one, that you admire? I think for um, for that, I chose, um, I gave you three, but then yes. I narrowed it down to one. I think um, I'll start with um, Rosa Parks now, because I was just thinking after, I struggled with this this particular question because I thought, who, who, who do I put there, you know? And then I cho- I finally settled on Rosa Parks because I thought about hey, this is a woman that's that did something extraordinary back in the day, you know, and um, that something what made me actually decide on her is just that sometimes the world recognizes the um, the uh, what what are they Malcolm X's and the you know um, what's this other name now. Um, you know, as long as it's a man in a long coat and making pictures, <laughs> you know, the, the world seems to go with that. But then what people don't understand is what it took for that woman to stand her place, you know, to stand her ground that day, you know, mm-hmm. and say, I'm not going to get up and I'm not going to get off, you know. And um, I and I can bet you that so many people from within her own community that said, who does she think she is? She knows that this is the law. She it's, it's, it's good that she was beaten up, you know, for not standing up for the, for the you know, um, the other person in the boss. I'm not, I, do, I don't want to do anything to it, you know. But then that, it brings me into the whole question of... Um, Black Lives Matter that we, you know, the, 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 that we have going on today. And one of the things that I've realized is that sometimes, you know, we go into these things about, um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately anyway. It's not just something that, I, it's not just something that I, caught, I, I came into, you know, um, um, and I just started talking about today or whatever. Um, is that sometimes we, we, we as, um, as an African, we tend to say Black Lives Matter and all of that. And I, and I hear so many people are, you're saying that as, uh, you know, Black people. And then I ask them, but what, then when you bring it home to them, you know, they don't even, they, they realise that Black lives, because I, I find something, something I find odd about it, because a Black life cannot matter to, you can't say Black life should matter to somebody else when it does not matter to you. And I've realised that a lot of Africans, that Black lives does not even matter to them. They don't even treat the Black person like, you know, Wow. You know, they deserve to be treated. And then I see, because for that woman to have been beaten, I've thought about so many things regarding that scenario, you know, for her to have been beaten up in a bus, so, a community made it okay for that to happen. I know that they were going to segregation and, you know, like um, the oppression and all of that. But, you know, there's so, something, you know, so... Um, 
So telling about that, there's just something about a woman standing up and being beaten up in a bus just because she mm-hmm. she refused to stand up for somebody else. And and I think that for us as a, as a community, that for these things, if we're marching for things, if we're marching for recognition, if we're marching, the only reason why these things has not changed is just because we as a community, as, as Black people, as, as um, Africans, as whatever, we've not recognized our value to one another. There seems to be this tendency for us to admire. She's not spoken about as much as other people, as much as the uh, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. She's not giving that, those kind of recognition. And the only reason she's not giving that recogni- those recognitions is because she's a woman. You know, yes, and uh, yes, I, I, and she's not giving those recognitions, and just because the other people they're probably um, uh, they hold more more influence within the society. You know, they're calling calling this big, large protests, and you know, this is that, and making speeches and all of that. But then, you know, that's it's it's one of those things, and and you you find schools are named after them, halls are named after them, but no one is speaking about this woman that you know stood up. And there's no other way you can challenge, you know, mm. no one understands what it means to challenge bullies or to challenge people intimidating you on a constant basis. And I've been a woman, you know, as well. So it just added so many layers to it for me. And in terms of the fact that if she's not spoken about that much, if she's not lifted up that highly, that means her community doesn't did not even recognize what she did at that point. Because for me, she should every other person she should be spoken about more than any other person so there's something about people not recognizing or within her community or within the the the, the you know the the, the 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 people of the time what she did by standing up in the bus it's spoken about now but i don't think it's giving as much it's not it's not um she's not giving as much um what i'd say um respect as they give the other the others that you know um, led the fights in in terms of or, or led the the movement in terms of um, equality and all of that and um, um, you know dismissing racial uh, segregation, she's just spoken about as an incident that happened. But she's right. not one of the leading people that you know helped to combat segregation, and I think that that's wrong. I think that she should be actually at the forefront of everything. You know, she got the you know she was physically assaulted for it. You know. What could yeah. have made that? There's something about her that could have made that. that. That means there's something within her that says, I deserve to be valued. And that's not, no one's that. I deserve to be valued. For me to come out and say, uh, and say, okay, it's like a friend of yours. Okay, let's look at this thing now. A friend of yours comes in and says to you, I'm having, um, I need to, I, I protest and then I, I throw tantrums for my boyfriend or my husband to recognize me and speak to me. You would look at your friend and say, something is wrong there, isn't it? Like you would look at the friend and say, why would you need to do that? And it's just the same thing with, with a movement. We're saying, I need to protest to say Black Lives Matter. But what did she took it a step higher than that. It wasn't just up to her about it. It was just about to say to her, her to say, I deserve this. I'm not going to move. You, you have to respect. There's just something about her self-respect about who she is as a person that is not recognized and i think that that um, it needs to change uh, for me and bringing it home to the individual and the action of the individual versus the sort of the larger you can have a larger Mm. conversation around something Mm. but it doesn't mean perhaps as much as individual Mm. actions which carry so much with them um thank you that's fascinating um do you want to talk about the other two or 
The other two, of course, is um, I picked J.K. Rowling just because of the, the controversy going on right now. Mm-hmm. I just think the poor woman only expressed an opinion. Can we just let it slide? You know, it's just, uh, yeah. And I like the fact that she hasn't apologized, that she hasn't backed down. You know, for that, I admire her. And that's just why she made my list. <laughs> you know, it's not about that because sometimes it's not about the topic that is being spoken about or anything like that. Uh, um, uh, my my opinion about it is not because um, she hasn't uh, because of the topic or whatever the, the the topic of the conversation is, but it's just that this thing about someone not being able to, no matter how nicely you know you you express an opinion or something, no matter how I come in, you make a comment and I come in with my own comment, you know how that can be taken out of context and how that can. Be- proportion it's just becoming very common now you know and every every action is demanding a resignation of some sort you know and and life can't continue like that you can just see that this is this is self-destructive this is going to implode Mm. at some point you know so for me that's just why it's just that controversy that made me to put her in this list it's not because of what the topic is about but it's just about Mm. this general trend that is going on around the world and it just needs to I think there has to be a point where it doesn't matter where part, what part I'm standing on. It could be me tomorrow, and people need to recognize that. That you know, I could be the one saying something wrong, doing something wrong. Would I want this kind of reaction coming to me for just being a human being who makes mistakes? Who you know? So it's just one of those things that we need to kind of watch, yeah, and um, um, take note of uh, 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 as, as people. You know, we just have to be kinder to you know, to ourselves and know that, you know, things people make, you know, if they explain themselves and they say, oh, I'm sorry, I put it like that, but then we should let it drop. It shouldn't go further than, you know, um, yeah, mm. what we, we have. And then the last, of course, on the list in terms of people I admire uh, would be women who have been in um, direct provision or who have even, you know, left their home country, in, you know, because, mm. uh, I, I, you know, no matter how much, how we put it, the, the, the word can be harsh for women, you know. I, I don't want to put it in any other way, but it kind of I'm not saying that men don't go through stuff, but there's just something about it. Um, you know. So yeah, I admire that. And um I admire women who have been there because they've they've all gone through different, you know, things in life. And um yeah, and a woman never tells all her stories as well as men don't ever tell all their stories. But yeah, you know, we all carry our marks in our body and then we just move on with things. But um yeah, that'll be yeah. well that's a lovely place to stop, I think, particularly with that sort of nod to women who've been in direct provision like yourself and presumably the people you met while you were there as well. So let's bring it to a close there. Thank you so much for joining me today, Malato. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening. Our Shelves is brought to you by the team at Virago Press. A special thanks to today's guests, Malatu Ucheokori. Tune in next time for more conversation about books, feminism and culture. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.